0: Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 129. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit like, follow, or subscribe on the platform that you're listening to us on. You can also check out my exclusive work at knac.com, where I have interviews not available on the Rock is George podcast, live show reviews, album reviews, and more. My guests for this episode are bassist Francesco Bucci, and guitarist Paolo Campatelli of the Italian heavy metal act Scream Machine. Scream Machine is based out of Rome, Italy, and they just released their sophomore album, Church of the Scream, through Frontiers Music on May 12th. And here's Francesco and Paolo to tell you more about it. If I knew absolutely nothing about Scream Machine, how would you describe the band's music to me?
1: Loud heavy metal music. I think it's perfectly fit <laughs> to someone who is virgin about the musical screen machine. I mean, we are not discovering new a new universe. We are just trying to, you know, um bring our love for the, the roots of heavy metal and bring it into modern times, into 2023. This was our goal with the first album, and I think this is still our goal with the second album. But our weapons now are stronger because we know each other much better, and we had, you know, the ability to focus on the sound of Scream Machine. So when you listen to Scream Machine, you just have to expect a huge punch in your face. Don't expect any prog stuff or, you know, stuff like that.
0: Your new album, uh, your second album, Church of the Scream, comes out May 12th on Frontiers Music. Uh, your debut album came out in 2021. Uh, one of the major differences between the two albums, you have a new guitarist. You have Eduardo today. If you want to talk a little bit about how he ended up joining the group.
2: Yeah, sure. I I saw Eduardo in uh, some live shows here mm-hmm. in Rome and I was really impressed by his technique, uh, his very 80s attitude. And uh, this is something I uh, I really enjoy. And, uh, and when we split with Alex, uh, at some point we, we thought about uh, uh, the new guitarist, a new guitarist, and uh, at some point I, I I just get in mind Eduardo, and uh, I thought to... To Francesco, do you know this guy? He's a guitar hero. Why would hmm. you propose to to the band? Uh, he's very, uh, he's, he's very young, let's say. He was also very, uh, on on, let's say, strict to the point. It's uh, very uh, great attitude, and uh, we we propose to him the uh, to to have a um, to, to discuss about the. The opportunity to join, and uh, and that's it. He really enjoy eighties music. Uh, he's uh, very uh, keen to Inge Malmsteen, uh, Randy Rhodes, uh, all this Jason Becker, all these eighties uh, great uh, guitar heroes. So <laughs> it's perfect for us. I think it's, uh, he did a great, very good job on the on the album, on the on the solo part. Let's say, yeah.
1: He's doing a great job too, you know, with his career right now. He also played with uh, Jeff Loomis. I mean, it's really a rising guitar hero yeah. like in the 80s. But right now, talking about me, I, I was convinced on the first rehearsal because when after the rehearsal, uh, Paolo was, you know, whistling uh, a, a song from uh, Crimson Glory, Lady of Winter. And Eduardo said, <laughs> are you singing Lady of Winter? <laughs> okay, it's impossible you are, you, are, you are 22 Okay, you are the man for it <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah I didn't remember this I didn't remember this But yeah It was a funny funny story Yeah
0: I know that Eduardo Appeared on your Borderline EP last year Was he able to get in on the songwriting With uh, Church of the Screen?
1: No, no not not because uh, the songwriting is uh, almost all up to me and Paolo with a great help from our singer Valerio. And it works very well that way. Uh, of course, Eduardo has uh, a lot of freedom on the solo parts, of course. <laughs> Who are we to tell him what we have to do? But for the songwriting, it's mainly up to me and the guy you see in this chat.
0: Paulo, um, I was talking to Francesco before the interview about how I thought the sound had changed in Screen Machine from the first album to this album. I feel like you guys are a little more mature. Like the first album was you all kind of getting used to each other, and now you're kind of like a cohesive team. Yeah,
2: I I tend to agree with you. Of course, with the, we we started recording the album during uh, just a little bit before the the pandemic, the COVID pandemic. So it's uh pretty hard to us to to uh to know each other from a, from a musical point of view, let's say. But after two years, uh, I know very well uh, Francesco. Uh, uh Francesco is a friend, uh, but I, I didn't know him uh, from a, let's say from a musical point of view. Uh, so I I really uh, now I really know how he sounds, uh, what well, um, he likes, uh, etc. And uh, the same. The same is for the, the other guy from from the drummer, from Valerio, the the singer, etc. So, yeah, I really, I really agree with you. There is a, a coherency between us that is, is very, uh, which is very, very strong, I would say. Yeah.
1: I hate every one of them, but they are good musicians.
2: Of course, same for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, I have to say that there is, I think, a huge difference between the first Album and the second album. I still enjoyed the debut album so much. I think it was a kind of joyful anarchy. You know, uh, we were recording and composing that album with no intention. I mean, with no hope in releasing it, because we were just uh, playing the music we have in our in our heart, and we know it's not trendy music. And when Frontiers gave us the chance to release it, we were really astonished. Really? Is there outside people still interested in classic metal? Luckily, yes, there was. That's why we are here once again. So, of course, with Charge of the Scream, it was a whole new level. We, from the previous album, we were able to understand the sides of Scream Machine that we liked the most, and we could develop them. And the sides of Scream Machine that we liked a little less and so, of course, we know each other much better. We know how to arrange a song, all the uh, the best types of the musician involved. And we were also um, a bit more brave. I mean, we uh, now were brave enough maybe to experiment a little to explore. I would not say experiment, but to explore much better the world of heavy metal, because Saying heavy metal, it's like saying rock, you know, it means everything. And with this new album, maybe we can explore much more in the epic metal direction, maybe in the fresh metal direction, maybe more in the hard rock direction, but always remaining loyal to the roots. I think you can still hear the, the style and sound of Scream Machine every time.
0: Is Church of the Scream a concept album or just songs that are sort of along the same theme?
1: No, 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 it's not a concept album, but it's full of really beautiful lyrics because our singer has a gift. Valerio has a two main gifts. One, he is one of the best composers of vocal melody that I've, ever, that I've ever heard. And on second uh, side, he is, he is really a great uh, lyrics uh, writer, but this is not a concept album.
0: Uh, is there a particular reason that The Crimson Legacy and Church of the Scream were chosen as the first two singles from the album?
1: Well, I think talking about The Crimson Legacy, who was written by Paolo, uh, it was uh, clear from the beginning, I would say, that it could be uh, a really good opener for our return. I mean, it's fast, uh, it's melodic, it has, a, I think, a very good hook, very good refrain, it sticks in your mind, really great solo. And it's short, which right now it's very important. For Church of the Scream that was written by me, it was a choice of the our label because I have to say that uh, Frontiers, it's really present. Um, we we, we discussed on what single we should release. And they, of course, had a lot of experience and a vision of the market. And I was talking with the promoter, our friend Elio, and it it say that Church of the Scream was a really, really good choice as a, as a second single.
0: Do you have a third single planned for release day of the album?
1: Yes, it's it will be Night Asylum. I, I think we are quite boring because Crimson Legacy, the first single, is track number one. Crimson, uh, I mean, yes, Church of the Scream number two and Night Asylum is number three
0: besides the sort of change in sound for maturity, I would say, and and growing to learn from each other. Uh, your first album had a lot of special guests. This album only has one from what I can see. Um, David, uh, Morris from Elvin King. He's also Dave. He's also Dave. Hell in the club. That's also on Frontiers. So how did, how did Dave end up, uh, getting involved in this, uh, album? It's,
1: uh, Okay, first of all, it's very important for me for, for us, so sorry Paulo, if I answer to this, uh, to clear the, the, the things about the guests. Uh, our first album, as I told you before, it was, you know really a work of love, a love for heavy metal. So our you know we, we felt the, um, the need and the joy to invite all the very talented musicians that we know. Yeah, we think how cool it would be to have on this album the best Italian guitar player. And then, of course, with Frontiers, we were also able to reach uh, Steve Di Giorgio or Herbie Langan. And in, in our mind, you know, it was something like, I don't want to, to, to sound, you know, too, too bold, but it was something like a little avantage of every metal for what we the people that we can reach. And I think it was really a good experiment. And I really love all the, um, the contributions that this guest gave to our first album, that on some side it was a bit immature and they filled this gap. But with Paolo, when we were um, thinking about the second album, I mean, we, we didn't talk about that, but it was clear in our mind. We said, OK, no guest, absolutely no guest, because the people have to know that Scream Machine is a band. Because uh, if, if every album has a lot of guests, you know, maybe it seems that you're not able to play or you are a kind of circus. But that, right now we are here as a band. Only one guest stick in my mind for the song, The Epic of Defeat, that is uh, the last song. And he, of course it was Dave, because we are friends since 25 years. We shared in the, 20 years ago a side project called Leprechaun. We really like each other, I think he's a great musician. We are in touch. And there was this idea for so many, many years to do something together, but we were always too busy. So if I was free, he was busy. Uh, If he was for free, I was okay, you understand me. And so when I wrote this song, there is this break, this this part of the song that sounds really pagan, really epic to me. Also, a little bit closer to black metal. And in my mind, the idea was just fun. Dave is the man for this. And just, you know, with a a WhatsApp message, I wrote in something like, okay, Dave, the time has come. You can't say no, and you will not say no. You say, okay, I'm going to do that. And I think the result is absolutely fantastic.
0: Hello. From what I understand, you engineered this album. Is there a certain way that you go about in trying to capture a certain sound? I would assume, obviously, based on kind of how you wrote the song, is how you want it to come out in the end.
2: Yeah. Let's say this is uh, which are to to um, let's say to to have a uh, a good balance between uh, let's say um, uh, old gear, let's say old in the sense that uh, analog gear. So. No digital, uh, um, no digital stuff. We use the real amps for uh, for all the tracks, uh, for uh, also for Francesco, etc. But at the same time, keeping a uh, a modern production um, uh, so to 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 be, uh, let's say, uh, uh, a good sounding album in two thousand twenty three. So yeah, um, from. Um, we we make also a we made also a very uh let's say i think a very good job in the in the arrangement part uh, because there there's a lot of uh, harmonies uh, guitar harmonies uh, also the bass uh, there is a lot of things that um yeah in general uh, yeah i think we did we did a very good good, good job in the pre-production uh uh, stage so i r- really hope that uh, you can hear all this uh, effort we put in the uh, in the album
0: i sort of i saw kind of behind the scenes uh photo on one of your social media pages that showed you had 4- 140 tracks lined up i wasn't sure if it was yeah. one song or multiple songs
2: yeah yeah yeah. there's a lot of lot of tracks in the in the album just just an example on the on the final refrain of the Crimson Legacy, there are like twenty guitars, between uh, guitars. So it's a very very low volume. Uh, the uh, there is a lot of harmony harmonies etc. So we really was focused on the uh, of the details. Uh, let's say, so also the choir. We did a very good job. Uh, we we uh, we record. Uh, I don't know, like sixty track tracks of the for choirs etc. So. All these details, uh, uh, we 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 really focused on all this uh, this aspect of the album. I say,
1: yeah. I would say we are obsessed. We are really obsessed by music, <laughs> and this is yeah, a good yeah. thing because maybe uh, when I when I record the demo and then I send to Paolo. Paulo works on the arrangements and the songs really is enriched by that. So now I, I, I'm more inspired and maybe I arrange the song even more. Then we give the, that song to Valerio and he's inspired by our work with all this work that we do uh, on the song and he makes beautiful uh, um, vocal lines. So, you know, it's a kind of, of circle, a circle of steel.
0: The new album is going to be available as a CD and in digital streaming. Is there a chance for us to see it on vinyl someday? Is there a certain benchmark Frontiers want you to hit?
1: Yes, of course, there is a chance if uh, every one of the people who's watching now will buy the CD. <laughs> and so if it will be huge successful, Frontiers will also uh, print the, the vinyl, you know. To print vinyl, especially for a huge label like Frontiers, uh, it's expensive. So it's something that they do when they are absolutely sure that they will not lose money, and that's I think really rational because they are not they're not doing charity. So uh, they for, for some huge band they start with CD and vinyl, of course, but with smaller bands like us, they have to wait. If it if it's worth and I can understand
0: them, uh, you guys have a show lined up uh, June third, the Pure Metal Fest in Rome, Italy. Uh,
1: June June the first because it's changed. <laughs>
0: okay, so June the first is this the um, Have you guys started rehearsals for this show yet? Yes, of course we. Absolutely. we absolutely,
1: yes. yeah, absolutely. We are so happy about that because uh, you know it's the first time that we every one of us played the new songs in the rehearsal room. And also that the, the two guitar players arranged the song between them, because like Paolo is saying, maybe on some songs there are 20 or uh, 13 guitars, but when you are in the rehearsal room, he and Eduardo have to say, okay, what we are going to do here on the stage. <laughs> and they they play so well. just two days ago, we were in the rehearsal room, we were rehearsing uh, "Church of the Scream, and the Crimson Legacy. And I mean, we had this huge smile on our face because it was working so good. We just can't wait to, to go on the stage and to unleash the new song on the crowd. Because, you know, when you play music like that, to be in studio, it's wonderful. You can experiment, you can lose a lot of time talking about, you know, balancing all the sound. But the, the, the final thing you want to do is to go on stage and to play as loud as possible.
0: Are you just going to stick to uh, local shows? I noticed last year you played Rome as well. You kind of stuck in that area, or are are there any plans to get outside of your your home area?
1: Well, you know, for the last album, we had the problem of the pandemic. So we were uh, in Europe and in Italy, especially it was really, really heavy. So, you know, the clubs were... um, The situation was really difficult. And I think we were lucky to play some shows uh, in Italy, in Rome and also in the north and the south of Italy. Right now we have this show. Then in autumn, we are working with an agency. So we'll try to play as many shows as possible in Italy. And then we'll see. Because right now, of course, we are ready to play in Europe too. uh, But you know better than me that right now the situation of the show, it's not really easy because the the promoters are easily scared of losing money. Uh, you see, also bands, very huge band like Anthrax, they are uh, mm-hmm. canceling Tour here in Rome, say in Italy, in Europe. So you can can imagine maybe a promoter from Germany, the amount of money has to spend to have screen machine there. Even if you know we jump on a band, rock and roll with guitars on the shoulder we play, but you have anyway, we can't lose money. They can't lose money. So let's hope that we will. Ch- mm, that the leg in Italy will uh, went great, and then we will try to do also something outside.
0: Are either of you in any other bands? It seems to be sort of the trend today to kind of balance a couple different bands just to keep yourself busy. Uh,
1: yes, but um, I mean, we also had some different bands right now, Screen Machine, it's our main priority. Um, but you have to keep in mind that we do that just for for the love of metal I would say so it's not our work and this is good because we are free we can do everything we want if tomorrow we want to make a techno album we can do that we are not gonna do that okay <laughs> but we can do that don't worry uh, don't worry so uh, but I can understand I have friend we have friend of us that they are professional musician in the metal scene which is really difficult and of course after the pandemic they were really really scared about the future. So I can understand why they maybe try to do with two, three or four bands because they have to also to live with music. That's not our case yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Paulo, do you mix other albums for other bands or do you just, you're strictly the street, the screen machine guy.
2: No, I also mix other uh, other albums from other bands. So yeah, yeah, this is something I really enjoy, and uh, especially with my uh, my albums, let's say, when I when I play with my band, I I really appreciate the the job. But no, yeah, I I also do other mixes. Yeah.
0: Now, Francesco, I've been looking at that Ghostbusters thing in the background over there. What's yeah. the chances of getting Screen Machine to do a cover of the Ghostbusters song?
1: Dear yeah, man. <laughs> We're ready for Halloween. We're ready. <laughs> it's the fir- it's also the favorite movie of my daughter, so it should be as <laughs> fun. Yeah, I love Ghostbuster. The results are right there. We have a lot of Funko and of, uh, you know, small, uh, small dolls, and the results are Slimer, the ghost.
0: Well, those are all the questions I have for you today. Francesco, Paolo, it's been great learning more about your upcoming album, Church of the Scream, out May 12th on Frontier's Music. Sounds great. You got a winner here. You guys should be proud of it. And uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for your support, George. And thanks to all your the listeners.
0: Once again, I want to thank Francesco and Paolo of Scream Machine for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out their latest album, Church of the Scream, available now through Frontiers Music. Head over to your favorite music streaming app, take a listen to the album. If you like what you hear, buy a physical copy, support the artist. For all things Scream Machine, head over to their official website, ScreamMachineBand.com. Only one M in Scream Machine. I also want to thank Dustin Hardman of Hardman Promotions and Frontiers Music for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. Discover your next favorite artist on the Rock is George
2: podcast.